Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! We got track and field. We got contracts. We got some hoops. We got some documentaries. And, of course, we have Carol in the Chicken Doesn't Know Sports. Welcome to Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Appreciate you for tuning in here uh, on this Thursday. Time's flying like always. I see the sun shining outside again. We're in like a space-time warp continuum or something like that. It's sunny multiple days in a row here in western Montana. And even though it's mid-February... I guess late February at this point. Now the sun is staying out till after the show's over. So both those things are uh, very good developments in my life and in our lives. Hopefully you're having a great sunshiny type of day no matter where you're tuning in from. We are going to do a little housekeeping here. A lot of times we have so many different segments and great interviews and all that stuff on this show. We we miss just some of the, the little blurbs that maybe get passed over. We don't really necessarily get to hash them all out. So we got some news we got some um, results. The Big Sky Indoor Track and Field Championships began today with the multi-events in Spokane. I uh, got some news briefs having to do with familiar faces in the college football world uh, in the state of Montana. I also spent the last couple weeks diving into the contracts of several of the prominent people in Montana, Montana State Athletics, specifically the head football coaches, Bobby Houck at Montana, Brent Vegan at Montana State, and the athletic directors, Ken Haslam at Montana, Leon Costello uh, at Montana State. This all sort of started, like, if you're wondering what's the timing of all of this, well, the news hook was Bobby Houck signed a three-year contract extension a couple weeks ago. So I summoned that contract, put in a, a FOIA request for that contract from UM Legal Services, and so I thought to myself, well, I'm getting Coach Houck's contract. We should just see what's going on with Kent Haslam's contract as well. I was actually a little bit, um, I should say surprised by this, but the news was sort of buried. The University of Montana had great fall sports seasons. Soccer won the Big Sky title. Football won the Big Sky title. Volleyball was competitive and, and had some success in the rivalry. And... That sort of overshadowed the fact that Ken Haslam actually signed a three-year contract extension in September. So that was news that was sort of underreported. So we reported that at SkylineSportsMT.com and, and hashed out the, the contract details. And then in the uh, in the name of fairness and also just content, because I think that people are interested in, in this sort of stuff, got the contracts for the, the counterparts. Leon Costello at Montana State and Brent Vegan uh, at Montana uh, for MSU football. So we'll, uh, we'll go through some of the numbers there. Surprising, not surprising, 
Uh, comparing and contrasting, not not much commentary or debate, just more informational. But we'll talk about that just a little bit. Also, uh, I reported at Skyline Sports a couple, I guess maybe about a month ago, Nick Ospo is coming back for another year of football. Well, he officially, 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 official, made it official uh, by announcing on his Instagram. Um, so uh, another running back in the fold for the Grizz football team. We also got new landing spots in the NFL for a couple all-time great Big Sky Conference players, Denarius McGee. Former Montana State quarterback, he's on the move, as is Colt Anderson, former Grizz All-American. Uh, they are both, they've both been assistant coaches in the NFL recently, and they both have new jobs, so that's fun. Also a new job for former Grizz head football coach Bob Stitt. We'll tell you a little bit about that. We're also going to go around the big sky in men's hoops. We always go around the big sky in women's hoops on Wednesdays, so I figured Thursdays, now that we're into the stretch run here, the big sky season, let's start doing that a little bit as well. And, uh, of course, the last home weekend for the men's uh, Grizz and Bobcat basketball teams this weekend. Sac State in Missoula tonight. Portland State in Bozeman. Then on the flip side, Portland State's here on Saturday in Missoula for Grizz Senior Day. And the Sac State goes to Bozeman uh, for Bobcat Senior Day. And then next weekend is the final regular season weekend, so the women will be at home uh, here in the Treasure State. The men will be on the road. And uh, crazy to think, but we are coming down to it. We are just a few weeks away from uh, the Big Sky Conference tournaments uh, in Boise, Idaho. So we'll talk plenty of hoops to round down hour number one. Hour number two, got a continuation of our Big Sky Documentary Film Festival interview series. The directors of the film Bring Them Home will be in studio with us. This is one of the feature films, one of the headlining films of this doc fest. It will screen on Saturday night, which is one of the like the primetime premiere Spots, Bring Them Home tells the story of a small group of Blackfoot people and their mission to establish the first wild buffalo herd on their ancestral territory since the species near extinction a century ago, an act that would restore the land, re-enliven traditional culture, and bring much-needed healing to their community, narrated by award-winning Blackfeet Nez Pierce actress uh, Lily Gladstone. I was sent the um, the... The screener, I think is what they call it, for this today. And gosh, did I wish I didn't have to work because <laughs> I I got it right before I had to come into the office. And I, and I actually had a pretty busy day here at Missoula Broadcasting Company. I watched the first five minutes of this thing and I was like, gosh, dang it. I wish I had 90 minutes to just watch this. The first five minutes, though, chills. I mean, for those that know the history of Montana and they also know the history of Native peoples in Montana, this is as pertinent of a story as as you can you can follow it. And certainly it hasn't been necessarily in the front and center of our contemporary lives in, in the 21st century here. But the, the simultaneous genocide of Native American peoples and Bison, you know, Great American Buffalo, is absolutely one of the the biggest and saddest stories that's ever played out in the state of Montana. So I can't wait to watch this uh, documentary, and I can't wait to talk to uh, these great filmmakers. Uh, Daniel Glick, Ivy, and Ivan McDonald will both be in studio with us at the top of the hour. And then uh, as we're doing this time of year at least, Carol Vincigodoso Sports will also be in studio with us uh, for the second portion of the 5 o'clock hour. So uh, jam-packed as always and they're going to have a lot of fun today. No honest doubt, ESPN Radio. Want to stream the show? You always can. 1029ESPN.com. Click on Listen Live and you'll find the live audio stream. You can also always use the ESPN MT app. And uh, if you want to be a part of the show, you always can. 406-888-1029. That's 888 888- one zero two nine. Let's get things started off. We got a couple pairs of Grizz basketball tickets for you. So uh, call us right now 406-888-1029. Grizz hosting Portland State on Saturday, seven p.m. is the tip. So uh, we'll give you a pair of tickets right now. Call number three four zero six eight 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 one zero two nine. That's triple eight one zero two nine. Call right now if you want to watch Portland State Montana Senior Night there uh, at the University of Montana. Call right now. Uh, 888-1029. Brawl of the Wild by the Mile. 
talking all things Big Sky Conference basketball, football, uh, all sorts of different things. Presented by Town Pump. Town Pump's been Montana's best for more than six decades. No matter where you're at in Montana, there's a Town Pump right down the road. Town Pump's going to keep us fueled up as we got tournament time coming up. Well, they'll be sending us to Boise for the Big Sky Tournament. They'll be sending us uh, TBD, but somewhere for the NCAA Tournament. So appreciate Town Pump for their continued support. Brawl the Wild by the Mile. We'll be starting to give you some gift cards to Town Pump uh, coming up in, in upcoming weeks uh, as well. Want to go over these contracts quickly. We'll keep this brief. If you want, if you're a numbers person or you like diving into the finances, or you just like to see just the, the dollar signs and how much everybody's making, uh, you can check all these the stories, recaps of the, the contracts out at SkylineSportsMT.com. We'll start with the one that I thought that was the most newsworthy, only because it hadn't really been reported on, and that's Kent Haslam, who's been at the University of Montana as the athletic director since 2012. He signed a three-year extension in September. Then the Grizz had a great fall season, so this sort of got uh, overshadowed, and there wasn't really a, a press release or anything like that. But, uh, of course, Haslam's the the most long-tenured athletic administrator, at least in terms of the ADs uh, here in the state. So uh, he'll have, uh, you know, at least barring some sort of buyout or new opportunity, uh, he has a contract now through June of 2026. So um, certainly... Signed the deal and then affirmed the deal with the great fall that the University of Montana had with Big Sky titles in both soccer uh, and football. The Grizz basketball team's obviously also just coming off of a sweep this last weekend in the rivalry, and, and that's a part of what goes into the, the specifics of this contract as well. The uh, the, the baseline numbers here, $240,000 is the base salary, uh, $10,000 retention bonus each March 1st. So uh, that could be boost the salary up to about 270 by the time this contract is up. Uh, there's also details in terms of stipends for an automobile, uh, $10,000 bonuses for Montana achieving um, academic excellence or academic standards, being the top half of the Big Sky in the All Sports Trophy uh, standings on the men's and women's side, and being in the top 50% in the Learfield Directors Cup standings. Uh, at the end of the year uh, as well. More? Keep them coming? Just give me those. Oh, sure. Uh, Nuwana's now at ESPN Radio. Andrew wants the tickets. <laughs> Congratulations to our winners from the uh, Portland State at Montana uh, game. The contracts for the athletic director is pretty similar. So I guess the news hook there for uh, Haslam's was the extension of it. And... Um, on the Montana State side of things, Leon Costello signed an extension last spring. So uh, his contract now, uh, it, it was also a three-year deal. So his contract goes to June of 2025. Uh, the base salary on that, $265,513. That has already included one of his retention bonuses, which is also uh, a $10,000 bonus. And also then, of course, bonuses for GPA, academic revenue, um, standings in the all-sports trophy, and uh, percentage finishes in the uh, Learfield Directors Cup. So nothing nothing too dissimilar about the two ADs contracts. And uh, just interesting to see now that there is the availability for multi-year deals uh, when it comes to administrators. Used to be that it was year-to-year deals pretty much across the board. The Board of Regents in Montana approved basically just year-to-year contracts for a really long time. That was for administrators as well as for coaches. Now the ability to have multiple-year contracts certainly helps in uh, the retention of, of said type of employees. When it comes to the football contracts, these have way more bonuses in them, so I'm not going to rattle off all of them. I just thought one of the big differences in uh, the two contracts was – uh, national championship, winning a national championship, the bonus uh, that comes with that. Bobby Howe gets a $75,000 bonus for winning a national championship. Uh, a trip to the national championship for Brent Vegan means a $15,000 bonus, and uh, national championship game victory means another $50,000 bonus. So pretty close there, sixty-five dollars to $75,000. So 
Uh, that's the the main primary bonus, but th- they get all sorts of other bonuses for coach of the year and uh, scheduling. The other striking one was the the big bonuses for um, playing FBS. Brett Vegan receives a fifteen thousand dollar bonus for playing an FBS opponent. It's a good bonus. Bobby Houck and uh, his staff receive a litany of bonuses. Houck receives a $75,000 bonus, and his assistants all receive $2,500 bonuses, plus the strength and conditioning coach gets a $2,500 bonus as well. So I thought that was an interesting clause and a nice one, too, because who's going to be getting You're almost certainly going to play the FBS team right out the gates, you know, the first game of the year. Well, who's getting your team ready? Well, of course, your staff, but also your strength coach. He's going to be the one that's working with them uh, all summer long. So uh, th- that was certainly one that uh, that stuck out to me uh, as well. And again, if you want to see the uh, the ins and outs of all of these, you can check it out at uh, SkylineSportsMT.com. Uh, Excuse me, I misspoke. $65,000 total bonus for Brett Vegan to win the national championship. 15 for getting there, 50 for winning it. Bobby Houck. He receives a $15,000 bonus, uh, but a bunch of bonuses for his assistants if they are to uh, advance to it. And then 75, as I did say correctly, if they win it. So that's uh, that's 90000 for for Coach Yock if they make it to and win uh, the national championship at the University of Montana. So pretty, pretty good. But uh, that's certainly worth it to the school as well. I mean, if you're having that sort of success, you're rising to that level. Uh, I think that... That's by no means overpaying. Like you're you're earning the athletic department that money uh, and then some. As I mentioned, not much more to extrapolate on this other than Nick Osmo is coming back, so he's added to a talented backfield there for the Grizz. That also includes Eli Gilman, who was the freshman of the year nationally uh, at the FCS level. Xavier Harris, who's had sort of up and down level of of uh, available. I should say availability opportunity. He, he's battled some injuries, but he's also just, he's had some great moments. We're rushing for over 100 yards against Washington, being one of them, a couple years back. And then he's sort of uh, just fallen behind a, a couple of really good players, including the guys that will probably be the one-two punch, Eli Gilman and Nick Osbo, uh, this upcoming season. But uh, the Grizz running backs uh, are stacked. Andrew, what do you think of just Osmo's return? I mean, it, he said publicly last year during the year, hey, you know, I'm getting my degree. I, I think I'm just going to be done because uh, he's had so many injuries. But then as he said in the his uh, Instagram post, hey, I just wanted to, to run it back. You have to wonder if the fact, because when he said it publicly that he was going to step away, it was in the middle of the year, the Grizz were in the midst of a good year. But you have to wonder if just getting all the way to the national championship and not winning it, Made him change his mind. He's like, "Hey, I, maybe, if I have one more year, maybe I should I should use one more year." Yeah, I think it's really similar to what I said when we were talking about the Grizz being able to bring on in all the transfers in this offseason, right? It's a heck of a selling point, even more so for somebody who's been in the program and just experienced that run to the national championship game. You know what? I bet that run to the national championship game was a lot of fun if you were on the team. <laughs> right. So that's sort of the other reason, right? Like. You're coming off probably some of the greatest times in your life. You got a ton of friends on the team coming back. Nick Osmo certainly still has something to contribute to this team on the field. Yeah. They're deep at running back, but he's he's been a stalwart in that running back rotation for the last couple of years. I I certainly think the coaching staff probably said, "Hey, look, we'll still have a role for you. You can be a big part of what we're going to try to do next year to make it one step further." And why wouldn't you want to go through and have those experiences again if you had the opportunity? I do. I do know this too. Uh, he lives with a bunch of guys that still have eligibility remaining, so I think they were probably in his ear too, saying, "Hey, man, we're all coming back. You should come back too, right? You still got your room here. Let's do it." So uh, certainly, uh, he's a, he's a really good running back, and I think that's a great point, though, right? It's it's if you have that scholarship available. Are you going to go get a guy as good as Nick Osmo? You could, but he's pretty good. <laughs> so, and you know what you have with you him, know exactly right? You know you exactly. Yeah. He's he's a steady guy. I'm sure he's great just in the locker room, around totally. the team, in workouts and everything. 
you know, Montana's a team that's been so, even if you could go out and get a guy who's a little bit better, Montana's been a team that's been so based around continuity. We've talked about that's a huge strength of that roster and that program. So why not just offer the spot to the guy to get him to, to try to come back? The um, Nick Ospo, because he's he's sort of steadily played, I don't think you could ever say he's been the full-on feature back at Montana, but he has been one of the guys getting carries. He is like quietly, he's at ninth place in school history in rushing yards. He's going to be one of eight Grizz to ever rush for 2,000 yards in his career. I mean, barring some sort of catastrophe, but he only needs about 150 more yards. So, I don't know, it's just, it's, just, uh, it's, it's been quietly, but um, sort of steadily a very good career uh, for the Grizz running back. Do I was now ESPN Radio? I was teasing myself earlier this week that, you know, for being the track nerd that I am, we haven't talked hardly any indoor track yet. And here we are, and the championships are upon us for indoor track and field. Well, here's just a couple quick hitting news briefs you need to know about this. If you want to watch any of this action, it's on ESPN+. Plus. But Andrew and I did a segment a couple years ago, maybe it was last summer, maybe two summers ago, about... What, all things considered, is the the best overall athletic program in the Big Sky Conference? And what sport is the Big Sky perhaps the most nationally elite at? And we settled upon, I think, pretty inarguably, on Northern Arizona, men's track and field. I I think the answer is... If you want to get specific with it, men's distance running and overall men's cross country and men's track and field. And then the best program is Northern Arizona. Northern Arizona's won multiple cross country national championships in recent years. That's always been a strength because of the Olympic style training facility they have in Flagstaff, the ability to run at elevation, all those different factors, the tradition, the facility. But now... They're not just, they, they used to always be a nationally relevant team because of the cross country prowess and then the distance running prowess. Now, NAU has elite athletes in the throws, in the sprints, in the jumps. They're ridiculous. How ridiculous? Northern Arizona's men are number one in the country coming into this Big Sky Indoor Track and Field Championship. That's right. Not just in a specific discipline or in the distance events. Number one in the nation in the national polls and the net rankings over Arkansas, Oklahoma, USC, all the the track, Clemson, the track powerhouses, Texas, Northern Arizona is number one. Pretty cool. They have 21 men's athletes that are in the top 40 in the net rankings. So most of of the national events, like if you're going to go to nationals, they take either the top 24 or the top 48 competitors. So they got 21 guys right now that if it was seated for automatic qualifications would be headed to nationals. That's ridiculous. The other, the reason I bring this up, one, because that's just a cool thing to, to, to state for the Big Sky Conference, but two, you have to feel sort of bad if you're the Montana for the Montana State men because the Montana State men are... I'd say a top 30 program. This last week, they were number 27 in the poll. They've been in the top 25 this indoor season. They were also 19th at the end of the cross-country season. So they are absolutely a nationally reputable program. They would be the dominant program in the big sky if Northern Arizona didn't exist, right? Like, you you just happen to be a top 25 program, but you have the number one program in, the, in this, you know, otherwise mid-major type of league. It's pretty fascinating. So in terms of uh, athletes to watch, uh, first of all, some news from... So the the indoor championships are in Spokane, hosted by Eastern Washington, but they're in Spokane. And uh, the the multi-athletes are are competing today. The heptathlon will be completed in its totality for the women. And then the pentathlon, four of the events will be today, and the three of them will be tomorrow uh, for the multi-athletes. And on the women's side in the heptathlon, Shelby Schwade, a name that we highlighted a ton when she was a high school junior and senior at Missoula Sentinel, she has a breakthrough for Montana State on the track. This has been a long, winding, 
And sad story to a certain extent because Shelby Schwain was unbelievably good in track and field in high school. Un- unreal. Like Sentinels girls won back-to-back titles, and those teams were stacked. Ashley McElberry, who's now at Nebraska. Lauren Hagan, who's now at Washington. Shelby Schwain was also a part of those teams. Won state championships in the high jump, the 200 meters, was competitive in a bunch of other events. Well, she decided to play basketball in college when her mom, Shannon Schwain, was the head coach of the Lady Grizz. Then she had a whole bunch of knee injuries and just didn't really compete in any sort of sport for a while. Well, then she finds her way back to the track at Montana State, gets back into it last year. Now this year, dominant. She high jumped 5'8 today in the pentathlon. That would be a a podium-worthy high jump period. So in the pentathlon, that's going to score you a ton of points. And if she does that on an individual uh, high jump later on this weekend, absolutely could get her on the podium or maybe even get her on top of the podium. So great uh, start for Shelby Schwain, a Missoula Sentinel graduate who's now competing over there at Montana State, which actually happens to be her father, Brian Schwain's alma mater. He was a great decathlete there at Montana State, had the MSU and Big Sky Conference record in the decathlon for a super long time. So she's actually following uh, in her father's footsteps there at MSU. Other competitors from Montana, from the state of Montana, from either Montana or Montana State to watch. Aaron Wild is the defending outdoor champion in the high jump. And uh, she went to nationals last year. And she's the she's seated as second uh, coming into this meet. So she's certainly one to watch a Whitefish product. On the men's side, Patrick Creamer is also seated second. And Zachary Travis seated third. So some strong high jumpers there for the Grizz track team. A couple other Grizz to watch uh, this weekend. Jason Upton's had an outstanding indoor season. He is the third seed in the long jump. And he also uh, ran a school record in the 60 meters a couple weeks ago. So he should be competitive in both of those. On the Montana State side of things, we talked about Maisie Brown, the uh, Big Sky Athlete of the Week, as a pole vaulter. Uh, Recently, we also talked about Gail Gilbreth, a distance runner there at MSU, who was the uh, track athlete of the week in the Big Sky recently. So they certainly... uh, Come in with high marks recently into this indoor championship. Also, got to keep your eye on Sydney Brewster, who's a freshman there at MSU. She's the top seed in the shot put, threw the shot 50 feet, eight and a quarter inches uh, earlier this uh, this season. That's the top mark in the Big Sky entering these indoors. Also, Elijah Jackman, who's a sophomore, he's the second seed in the weight throw uh, heading into this uh, indoor championship. Jaden Wolf, another name that we've highlighted on this show uh, in the past. She was the Montana All-Class record holder in the 100 meters at Billings West. She swept the 100 and the 200 uh, her senior year there at West. Well, she's also just tearing it up at MSU. She ran 7.43 seconds in the 60, which was a school record, and also had the second fastest time ever at MSU in the 200. By the way, she's still only a sophomore there at MSU. Uh, 24 flat in the 200 was her top time. So she's certainly uh, one to watch. A couple others that maybe are familiar names. Haley Coey, who's a uh, Gallatin High School graduate. Uh, She's the second seed in the long jump and the fifth seed in the triple jump. We mentioned Maisie Brown, who's uh, number two all-time at Montana State in the pole vault. And then Colby Wilson, who's the Big Sky Conference record holder in the men's pole vault. Uh, His mark last year uh, was a record setter, and he's 19th this year nationally. So certainly trying to get into that top 16 to get back to uh, the NCAA championship. So there you go. Uh, a couple briefs from around the wide world of track and field. A couple more news briefs that don't really need any extrapolation on them. It's our Brawl of the Wild by the Mile presented by Town Pump. Town Pump, Montana's best uh, for more than six decades. Denarius McGee, former Bobcat quarterback, coached for the Houston Texans this last fall. He's on the move. He's head of the New Orleans Saints as uh, an offensive assistant. Colt Anderson, who is uh, has been with the Cincinnati Bengals for a little while, a University of Montana alum, Butte American native. He got his first full special teams coordinator job. He's been the assistant special teams coordinator on Zach Taylor's staff in Cincinnati the last handful of years. Now he's headed to Tennessee as the special teams coordinator there uh, for the Titans. Last news brief for you, Bob Stitt, former Grizz head coach. He has been hired as the offensive coordinator at Valor Christian, which is a prominent, uh, 
I mean, they're prominent in a lot of different sports. I was looking up their Wikipedia today. 36 state championships over the last 18 years for Valor Christian in all the sports, including eight, count them, eight football championships since 2009. Their most recent came in 2018. Uh, under who? Ed McCaffrey, before he went to Northern Colorado. But Bob Stitt will be the offensive coordinator there at Valor Christian. So uh, just an interesting landing place for the former Grizz uh, head football coach. You want us now? ESPN Radio will go around the big sky in men's hoops on the other side. Keep it right here. 1029 ESPN Missoula. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. When it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice. And that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days. And that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultelaw.com. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Welcome back to Oz Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Appreciate you for hanging out with us here uh, on this Thursday. I'm Coulter Nuanas. We're coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Go around the big sky in men's hoops to do this with Chris Redpath on the women's side every Wednesday. And we talk about the men's league all the time, but I wanted to actually make a concerted effort to actually go around the league uh, here to for the next, I don't know, 20 or so minutes. So uh, here's where we're at. we got five games left in the regular season. For most of our listeners, you're in Montana. So here's the, the action in Montana this weekend. Portland State is in Bozeman tonight, and Sac State is in Missoula. The, uh, the other games include Eastern Washington at Northern Arizona, which is actually a sneaky intriguing game only because Eastern Washington has only lost four conference games over the last two years. They went 16-2 and two a year ago, and now they sit at 11-2 and two atop the league right now. They lost, though, in the Big Sky Tournament to NAU last year on a buzzer beater, and that knocked them down the NIT. A lot of people thought that Eastern was not only absolutely surefire going to win the Big Sky Tournament after running through the league last season, but Thought maybe they'd get a favorable seed since they've been there recently and they had, you know, so many conference victories, but they lost three straight down the stretch after a 16-0 start. That's the best start in league history. There's never been more than 15 straight wins in the Big Sky. 16 in a row was the league record, is also the best start in league history. They lost their last two regular season games and then lost on a buzzer beater in the quarterfinals after getting a bye. So that's all to say in NAU. On one side, NAU probably has a little confidence, even though they've struggled this year, because Eastern, they beat them, you know, on on the postseason stage last year. On the other hand, I think Eastern probably wants a little revenge going down uh, to Flagstaff. So that's a semi-intriguing game. And then the other one, Idaho at Northern Colorado. I've seen Idaho in crossover action a whole bunch of times this year. Of course, when they... um, Played in Missoula and then played in Bozeman. They were competitive in Missoula. They lost by three. Also watched the Vandals against Eastern Washington uh, earlier this year on the stream. And looking at the statistics, the box scores, Idaho's been in the game at halftime and, in fact, winning at halftime of almost every single one of their conference contests. But then they've not been able to finish the deal quite often. They're in Greeley tonight to take on Northern Colorado. We'll see what's, what happens with the Bears. I, I I have thought for moments in time that Northern Colorado is 
looking like one of the best teams in the league. There's there have been other times where there's been uh, some lulls. They lost in overtime to Portland State last weekend, for example, and then they had to gut out a five-point win uh, at Sac State. But they've also swept Montana. I mean, Northern Colorado took it to Montana last time out in Greeley. The uh, Bears also, they lost early in Bozeman, but they salvaged that win by rallying for a nice win over Montana State a couple weekends ago as well. So Northern Colorado, uh, still trying to decide if they're like a true, true tournament contender, but they're absolutely fast-tracking towards one of those top seeds. It would take a, a pretty big collapse for them to not get at least one of the top four seeds. But um, that's an interesting one with Idaho uh, tonight as well. Here's where we're at in the Big Sky standings with uh, five regular season games to play. Eastern Washington, a two-game lead on everybody. They're sitting at 11-2 in conference play. Northern Colorado, they're 9-4. and four. They're alone in second place, and they do have uh, that nice win win recently over Montana, which completed their season sweep. So that'll maybe play in into the head-to-head, depending on how these teams finish. Weaver State alone in third at 9-5, and five, and what a great rally by Eric Duff's squad. After Weber got drilled 74-64 to Idaho State, first of all, Weber got thrashed in Missoula against Montana, on a Monday night after the Grizz were coming off a rivalry game. So that was a a concern. You're sitting there thinking, well, Montana should be the one that's flat after winning in Bozeman. Weber looked totally flat. Grizz ripped their faces off. They beat them 77-62 and did pretty much whatever they wanted. Then the following Saturday, Weber looks terrible against Idaho State at home. They lose 74-64. Well, Eric Duff, the head coach at Weber State, he went crazy in the post game. I mean, Brent Hine, who covers Weber for the uh, Ogden Standard Examiner, his game story was basically just like, uh, it was like six or seven different quotes from Eric Duft about how his team wasn't performing, how they needed to shuffle the lineup, how the players that were going to play that the hardest were going to play the most, and how what they'd been doing wasn't working. At that exact moment, Weber was sitting at 4-5 and five in league play. When you have a, a, a guy that's being projected as an NBA draft pick in Dylan Jones, and you have other reputable players. I mean, Stephen Verplanken was an all-big sky guy. He's third-team all-big sky last year. He's, he's back. And then you have other pieces like Dyson Kohler and, and the Cunningham kid and Alex, too. I mean, they have a lot of guys that have been around a little bit. When you have all that, and then you're sitting at four and five at the end of January. You're sitting there thinking, "What's going on? This is no no good." Well, since then, Weber has figured out a way to get it done. They, I mean, they basically snatched victory from the jaws of defeat at Northern Arizona and at Idaho. Three total points in those two wins. But then they also uh, had a nice win over Portland State in Ogden. That really was a no contest. Slugged it out with Sac State, but beat them as well. And then this last weekend. After they snatched the, the victory from Jaws of Defeat, then they went and won at Eastern Washington. That's the first home conference game Eastern's lost in quite some time. Here's a fun stat for you from Paul Grua of Weber State Sports Info. Weber has handed five different teams this season their first home loss, including St. Mary's earlier this year. So uh, this Weber team, when they're good, they're great. Hanging 90 and outscoring Eastern Washington in a track meet, that's a huge win. That's a that's a statement win to the rest of the league for Weber State saying, hey, we are here. We are a contender. We just beat the defending champs soundly on their home court. So maybe Weber's a, a team to watch. And then, so Weber alone, they've won five in a row, and they're nine and five after Eric Duft went crazy. So good job by him. Uh, getting his team's attention and making the changes that they needed. You've seen just so much more engagement across the board from Dylan Jones and his supporting cast since Duft you know, had his his uh, outburst. So it's good coaching. It's, it's great. Great when that sort of stuff works and plays out. And it's also just good for the league. Weaver, of course, has great tradition. But also, Again, if you have a premier player that's getting national exposure, you can't just have that team suck in, in the league. It's just not, it's not great. 
Montana's alone in fourth now after their rivalry win this last week over Montana State. Took the Cats apart pretty good, 88-69 in Missoula. So they sit at 8-5. and five. They're alone in fourth. Portland State's alone in fifth. They're totally enigmatic. I've watched them several times and thought they were really good. But then they also have some confusing losses. So don't know what to think about the Vikings. I really am tired of saying, man, this Portland State team's athletic and has a bunch of pieces. They're going to be dangerous in March. Because we said that forever. I mean, we've said that for, I've covered the Big Sack Hours now for 17 years. We've said that same thing about Portland State when Ty Geving was the head coach, Barrett Peary was the head coach, and now Jace Coburn's the head coach. A lot of the things that define their program, one, the the chaotic nature they play with and the press they like to do on defense, that's carried through, at least in, in, in broad premise, for all three head coaches. The ability to get a different type of transfer, maybe a higher pedigree transfer than a lot of the other schools in the league, that also has carried through all three coaching staffs. And just being in a basketball mecca, a great place with uh, a really good available talent in Portland, that also has been uh, something that's made Portland State maybe a little unique compared to the rest of the conference. Well, I need to see them actually do it before we can continue to say that because we say it all the time, and now it's becoming like a cliche. Like they, Of course they're athletic. They're, they're a city school on the West Coast in, I know Portland's taking a, a hit and has sort of a bad rap now, but that's a, you know, it's a city of roses for a reason. That's a, that's a gem of a city when Portland's at its best. And it's a cool city that you can get recruits to regardless. And they got a good, good arena, all these sort of things. So at some point, got to be better than 7-7 seven and seven in the league. Although, I, I, again, I'll say it. I'll even repeat my own cliche, even though I'm talking myself out of it. They have good talent, and they are, uh, they could be, could be, but I need to see it dangerous uh, in the month of March. Montana State, they have fallen upon hard times. They are now 6-7 and seven in league. It's a cat team that started 4-1 and one in conference play, so certainly been uh, tough for them, especially away from Bozeman, but they're in Bozeman tonight with that Portland State team in town, so that's a big game. Winner will move into fifth, pretty much. Idaho State sits at 6-8. and eight. The Northern Arizona's at 5-8. and eight. Idaho sitting at 4-9, and nine. and Sac State bringing up the rear at 2-12. and 12. Noir's Dow ESPN Radio around the big sky in men's hoops. We'll take a look a little bit deeper into this stretch run on the other side. Keep it right here. It's 102.9 ESPN Radio. Now ESPN Radio, SWX by Ted Television, and the ESPN MT app. You missed anything in the first hour of the show here. You can always find it on the Nuanas Now podcast, which is probably presented by Schulte Law. Visit jschultelaw.com for any of your criminal defense or DUI needs. Also presented by the M Store, where they're all grizz all the time, and the MSU Bookstore. Visit msubookstore.org. We're going around the big sky in men's hoops. As we uh, get to the stretch run here, five games remaining until the Big Sky Tournament in Boise. The action here in the state of Montana. Portland State in Bozeman playing Montana State tonight. The winner of that will be in fifth place. And in Missoula, the Grizz looking to carry the momentum of a rivalry win over the Cats last week. They play a Sac State team that sits at 2-12 and 12 in league play. The Grizz are uh, sitting there at 8-5. and five. Sack always is a thorn in the Grizz side, though. There's always, like, those teams in the league where the matchup, it largely just looks the same no matter who's playing in it. And for whatever reason, Sac State has always been a, a tough out for Travis DeCure's Grizz. I think part of it's because Sac State usually has some size, so Montana can't have an advantage in that realm. Sac's always tough. They like to play defense, and they can guard. And, and it's been, been sort of a moving target because... You know, Brian Katz was, I thought, a really good coach and an underrated coach uh, during his time at SAC. Then when he stepped away, they had a, an interim, and now they have David Patrick in year two, and Patrick was pretty good in year one, and now this year they're struggling. But it's still, I think, I would think it's going to be a slugfest tonight uh, down there uh, at Dahlberg Arena, and it's a, it's a big one. It's a big game. So, Andrew, I mean, what do you think of this, this uh, final home weekend for... Uh, Grizz hoops. They, they've you and I have been going. We've we've talked about this team 
in so many different ways this year because they had no real sustained momentum. They had the, the nice rivalry win in Bozeman, and then they beat Weber two nights later, and you're sitting there thinking, okay, Spark, maybe they're off and running. And then they've been win-loss, win-loss. Well, now they're coming off another big win. They have to carry this tonight and through the weekend, right? You have to carry it. You've got the opportunity here. The Grizz have put themselves in a position to be a, a, a major player in what's going to be, I think, a fantastic conference race here coming down to the wire. I agree. But to have the right to put yourself in that conversation, you got to take care of business this weekend against two teams that are not in that conversation. And that's just what it's about. I mean, if you if you want this, you know, it's going to take a lot for the Grizz to win the regular season conference title. For sure. But they can put themselves right up at or near the top of the league going into the conference tournament through the end of the season. Five games left, right, in conference. Yep. To do that, though, to even get to that point, you just have to take care of business this weekend. Yes, I, I agree. And I know you don't want to be jockeying for seeding. You just want to get as high a seed as you could possibly get. But if, we, if we're sort of in agreement that Eastern Washington's probably going to be the one seed, I mean, they have a two-game lead with five to play. I think it'd probably take a pretty strong... They'd have to lose several and have Northern Colorado and or Montana or Weber win several. But the thing is, I mean, Montana plays them. Sure. Yeah, they have to. They have to come. Uh, no, they, they, no, they host, have to, they host Montana. Montana. Excuse me. The women have to come to Missoula. That's going to be a great game. Absolutely. Uh, so Eastern Washington still has to play Northern Colorado and Montana. Okay. Uh, yeah. Sure. Oh, I guess all I'm saying is first priority for the Grizz and the Bobcats, but the Bobcats are probably playing chase too much. But for the Grizz to get a top four seed, so so you get the, that by. Then, if you can possibly not get the four seed and avoid Eastern Washington, that would also be very good for your fortunes because I do think you'd have a lot better shot, at least in your first tournament game, against Weber, a team you've actually done pretty darn well against in recent years and beat the tar out of in the tournament a couple times, uh, or Northern Colorado, a team that swept you this year. But as the old adage goes, it's really tough to beat a team three times. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I don't know that you can put too much stock into... The seed, I, I think you're right, you want to avoid Eastern Washington, and you absolutely have to get one of those top four seeds so that you get a bye, which means that particularly Portland State looks like they're coming for one of those top four seeds right now, so that means it's a huge game uh, on Saturday. No doubt. We're on the big scan, men's hoops here on Nuanas now, ESPN Radio. Okay, so let's let's handicap this thing real quick. I was doing this with a fellow big scan media member that... Uh, Shall remain nameless, and I I I I, don't, I don't always tell everybody my opinion. So I said, here's here's how I'm doing this percentage wise. Okay, percentage wise to win the Big Sky Tournament, I'm saying I'm giving Eastern a 40 percent chance to win it. I'm giving Weber State a 30 percent chance to win it, and I'm giving Montana and Northern Colorado. A 15% chance each. And nobody else. A nobody chance. else. I think that uh, it would it would floor me if Portland State or Montana State won the tournament, and it's not going to happen for any of the other teams. Yeah, I think that's right. I, there, I, just, just, wanted, I just wanted to check you on it yeah, because saying yeah. that you know Portland State doesn't have a chance. I mean, Portland State could finish this on a run, and like I said, they could get into those top four seeds right there, and they're so so up and down. But they've played well in the tournament under Jace Coburn. I just didn't know if you were giving you know them a five percent chance or anything. But I think I think it's defensible, and I think you've got things exactly right. I think that Eastern Washington still has to be first when we're looking at it right now. But I don't think that I would give them the advantage over the field. I don't think I would say they're 50% or better, and I think that right I now that. Weber State has to be second, and I think that by the well, end that, of the... Here's, here's the thing. Weber beating Eastern last weekend yes. doubles by percentage. Like I, I would have said Eastern might have been over 50% if they would have beat Weber, but, but I mean, they're right in it right now. This is where I'm going with this. At the end of the regular season, even if Weber State, even if Eastern Washington still finishes with the number one seed and Weber State is behind them... I might be saying that Weber State should be the favorite going into this tournament just because, I mean, you you went through the whole saga that they had, but they're playing really well right now. They're playing really 
Uh, they're playing harder, frankly, than they were earlier in the conference season. And that's the team with the best player, and it's also the team that has shown the highest ceiling out of any of these teams, right? When it comes to, like you said, the St. Mary's win in the non-conference, the way that they absolutely destroyed Montana. I mean, Montana had a bad loss to Northern Colorado last week. Yeah, What Weber State did to them in Ogden just doesn't even compare to that at all. It was Truth. destruction. Totally. And they're one in, Weber State's 1-1 one one against Eastern Washington. Well, they've looked like the better team for most of those games. In both yeah. of the first halves of those games, they were running away from Eastern Washington. That's right. I just think that they've shown the highest ceiling out of any of the teams in the league. They weren't playing up to it. Now it seems like they might be. Are they coming for that number one favorite spot? Last point here. And then we'll get out. The We heard this from On and Moody on this show. We heard this from Brandon Whitney on this show. When asked what happened at Weber State, why did you guys go and lose your conference opener 93-63? to 63? Like, what happened for the Grizz? And they all said that they had been playing the last month with, with Money Williams, the outstanding freshman, as their number one on-the-ball guy. Then he got hurt, and then they learned that he got hurt and uh, they just didn't have, they weren't prepared to sort of shift roles. Well, what if he comes back? I guess that's the thing. Huge narrative. Can he, can he, can he come back? The first step is he going to be able to recover from this injury? They said six to eight weeks. We are in week eight, I believe, right now. Anecdotally, he looked pretty good walking around last weekend on the court before the game. He's not wearing a boot anymore. Not we're, a boot. we're totally speculating. This poor kid's only a freshman, but he's not wearing a boot. He's not on his scooter. But, okay, it, can he come back? If he can, how does he fit into the lineup? Because they've done a good job adjusting. And Brandon Whitney's risen up to become an all-league type guy. That's right. It could be a positive. It could be a negative. Yes. And, and you know, is he willing to take a bench role? I mean, because he was averaging like 20 points a game after they turned the, the reins over to him. So uh, it's certainly a, a huge narrative. Stwaz down ESPN Radio. Hour one in the books. Hour two coming at you. A awesome and important documentary from the Big Sky Documentary Film Festival. It's called Bring Them Home. The story of a small group of Blackfoot people and their mission to establish the first wild buffalo herd on their ancestral territory since the species near extinction a century ago. Breaking news before we go to break. Shelby Swain, champion of the pentathlon at the Big Sky Indoor Championships. Missoula Sentinel grad, Montana State athlete. What a good story. What, that, that warms my heart. The young lady had such terrible knee injuries while she was playing basketball, and, that, and now a championship uh, on her way out there at Montana State. Pretty cool story. Documentary talk and Carol and Chico does no sports. Next, keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.